Okay, I don't mean this to sound negative. Okay, you've started in a very negative way. But do you think that your hair is receding? It is. Well, this part, it is is going back for sure. So do you think you'll be bald like your dad? Uh, I don't think I'll be bald like my dad because I th- I'm pretty sure that hairlines come from mother's side. Yeah. Um, so I don't think so. My dad shaved his head early, though. Like, he, he was shaving his head before he started to go bald. So he, mm. I think but now... But because he probably, was going bald. Well, no, I think it was like a... I think it was actually just a I can't be bothered sort of nature to it. Like, he just didn't want to have to think about it. And then nature was like, well, if you can't be bothered with me, well, I can't I, be bothered with you. I think, that, <laughs> I think that genuinely, like, at a certain point now, if he if he tried to regrow it, it would be not everywhere it used to be yeah but Does it worry I, I don't you? i mean Do i think would, about it i would lie if i said that i didn't know like if i hadn't mm. seen that and you know whenever you see like a, a hair at the bottom of the shower that you're like yeah. oh i just like shampooed and now there's a couple of hairs down there it's like that's not what used to happen but at the same mm. time like the hair that i do have is like very intact like yeah, I get told great. by the, I get told by the hairdresser all the time how thick the hair I have is. So it's not like okay. what, it's not like everywhere is just disappearing into wispiness, and it's like let's call it now and shave my head. No, it's no, just like the there. shape of it is is. Yeah, I just I think it might be the reflection of the light just hitting that shiny. Well, and also because I'm yours. sweaty because I just ran through the sun to be here for the podcast. Okay, well, we all appreciate that. Thank you. You're welcome. Um, it's uh, it's it's one of the, it's an interesting thing the the bald thing because apparently women find bald guys more attractive. I mean, that was just a survey that came out <laughs> that, in twenty twenty one. Sure. Um, but like, it, it is interesting that like men can just go bald and they you don't even think about it. But if you see a woman go bald, you see you know Jada Pinkett Smith or whatever, and it's just like ugh. But the thing is that women women aren't going bald, bald in the way that men are going yeah. bald, right? Like they're no, exactly. What is that about? I, what is that about? That's interesting. I think there's a lot of talk about you know how women have to give. I mean, because men and- men can get alopecia as well, right? And we're not talking about women with alopecia. We're talking about like just yeah. general aging. You don't tend to see what's the women. difference? What's the difference? Well, alopecia is like actual hair follicles falling out, right? Like. It's right. like a, a medical condition. And baldness it? is just the baldness is just like genetic. I, I think baldness is just like a genetic. Because alopecia is like eyebrows and everything, right? Isn't it? Mm. I don't, I mean, I'm I don't not know. a scientist. Well, I, but I think it is an interesting observation that women don't seem to go bald in the way that men go bald. Like that's. You, you're right that you yeah. don't see like the typical. 75 85 year old granddad is you know not much up there some do but but a lot of people don't but then the, the women you know you, you don't see many grandmas where it's just like you got the yeah. fryer tuck going on yeah, <laughs> it doesn't yeah. it, i don't know why that is and i wonder if it was part of our evolution if it was like women just go bald as much as men do then we would kind of adapt and we wouldn't we wouldn't see it like as a as a negative thing now. Like we would just be like, oh yeah, like you know how men, right. men are yeah, seen as like wasn't... you can you can retain your masculinity 
if you even some ways but if that was the case why are so many yeah that's what i was going to say why why are so many women attracted to bald men then like if it was tied up with a masculinity thing well maybe it's got something to do with testosterone yeah i don't know maybe it's just because men gave a lot more noogies and that sort of just disproportionately affected that side of things you don't really see like many teenage girls going around giving noogies to each other yeah, and it's not only man to man; it's like saber tooth tiger. You know, you see those pictures of saber tooth tigers with a with a Neanderthal like, just going, "Oh, like you're a, cheeky," cunt. and a headlock. Yeah, you know, <laughs> and it's like over years we've just kind of evolved to adapt to it. Yeah. Oh. what about you? Are you seeing any re- 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 receding of that? Um, Absolutely, beautiful not. hairline. Um, thank you. I'm not. I'm not worried about that at all. I've got strong hairlines on both my mom and my dad's side. You know, I've got too much hair, if, if, you know, if you ask me. Well, not on your chest. <laughs> You're right. I don't have any <laughs> hair on my chest. It's getting itchy. It's getting really itchy. Oh, you're in the growback phase. Yeah. It's not yeah. great. But you know what? I know you're about to do the intro there. No, I wasn't. But you know what? I was what? just the taking a is- weird, long, paused breath. You know how you know, some guys, some guys who work out, they'll shave their chest to make their muscles pop a bit more. Really? Yeah, that, that's why. That's why, like a lot of guys shave their bodies because they it like shows their muscles more. Really? But that didn't. Work, I suppose, that did not work I suppose. for me. <laughs> I thought that would be the I silver su- lining. I suppose that if you have like a fuzz, then I su- you you might not see the the definition as much. I I, I sort of. See it. It's if that's if if that's really what you need, though, then I think you probably yeah. I think the the Tom Selleck thing, you know, Tom Selleck in the eighties, big broad chest, kind of works out a little bit. Got a bit of definition there, but like just a huge rug. That's that's what I'm about, Nick. Yeah. Can you actually put like a button up? Because I I don't like being able to see this sort of like whiteboard underneath your head. Which just... Yeah, I've gone for the real like 60s <laughs> yeah. dad who's emotionally right. shut down and maybe like, you know, those dads in the 60s in the movies that like re- representing like the astronaut that but like in their home life. Yeah, 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 yeah. You, know what you I mean? do have a very Selicky vibe actually with like a singlet and a, and a shirt on top. Yeah. Thank you. Hey, Lauren just needs to grab her car keys. Let me. Well, I just need to do an intro, but that didn't stop you okay. from interrupting. You, you do that. You do that. Okay. Welcome to Deep Ford, everybody. Michael's not here, and so I'm just speaking to myself, and that's actually thrown me for a loop because normally this is a podcast about two people interacting, but today it's just about one person speaking to a fan. Sitting through the internet with me this week, nobody, because I'm by myself in the most important part of this, the intro song. My name's Nick. I'm doing great. I hope you all are too. You know what's funny about that is that there is actually a fan behind me. <laughs> yeah. Like an actual fan. So a pedestal fan. On many levels. Well done. Uh, hi, Nick. Hello. Oh, hi, hi, everyone. Hey, hey, how are we doing? What's going hey, on? Good to see you. Hey, can I now tell you? Record- yeah, yeah. All right. Let's do your thing. <laughs> well, you, you're gonna you're gonna just bullshit, or you're gonna like story? No, I'm not gonna story. But you you, you speak. You, you, well, you I just I just had a, a nice sort of follow up to what we we're just talking about. We're talking about hairlines, talking about balding people, talking about my dad. I just thought that you would find this uh, an interesting little development because uh, my dad uh, quite recently retired into last year. Now mm. in this new phase of life, um, trying to work out. 
what that means, how to, you know, after 50 years of nine to five, Monday to Friday work, working You're out. You're going to tell me he's come out? <laughs> Stop. <laughs> You're projecting again. Um, the uh, Trying to work out the, the life rhythms now has been an interesting new thing. So working out whether he's going to be like a writer or, you know, like what hobbies what? will pick up. We already know he's like getting into gaming, as I think I've mentioned previously. So he's, he's on his Don't PS5. Don't tell me he's going to start a podcast. He's not starting a podcast. But what he has Good. started is piano lessons. Lovely. So dad, after many years of being a huge music lover, famously into the uh, the Triple J Hottest 100 and listening to like modern music, gone to a couple of Radiohead concerts with us. Yep, Quite with a us. modern um, guy, but never had man. never had uh, any music background, never played an instrument, never read music, just loved music. And now okay. he's retired and now he's got time on his hands and he said, oh, you know what? I'd like to learn the piano. So my dad has now started piano lessons. Found a wow. tutor, woman coming around to the house, giving classes, and he's using the piano that my sister and I both learned to play piano on 20 years ago to learn piano himself. Look at that. Yeah. And Love that. It, Long time listener, first time player. First time player. Very true. The um, So he's, he's learning his scales. He's getting his... Um, you know, finger stuff going, like all the music theory, readings, like sheet music now and like the stave and all that kind of stuff. And I had a call Mm. from him this week where he was like, oh, hey, quick question. And in my head, I was like, oh, this might be like a gaming thing. This might be, you know, like a tech thing or whatever. And he says, how do you play a staccato minimum? And I was like, (laughs) one, really good question. Two. Great question. Very different, very different space for a conversation with my dad before. I've never had music theory questions. I've never expected Ground. those words from his mouth before. I've forgotten what a minim is. Is it a is it a is it a one and a half note? No, so a minim is two crotchets. So it's not a whole two note. It, you know, two uh, yeah, minims yeah. and a bar two beats. of four four. Yeah, two beats. Two beats. So playing a staccato minim is weirdly contradictory. Which he was like, what I don't understand. Of, what kind of beginner's book is he i agree <laughs> i was like from? that's actually a very good question and i'm not sure there's a rational answer i believe staccato technically means played at like half the duration but at that point just yeah. write a fucking crotch it and be done with it anyway yeah but do you let it ring out this is interesting stuff for everyone isn't it well for the music nerds out there i believe the answer is you play it at half speed and then there's a rest in the remaining half so technically you wouldn't let it ring out i think i think you would play a crotch it and then rest there you go. Okay, but something for the for the tutor. Call in if you know. Yeah, but I um, just thought, given yeah, that your dad is a, a music teacher and and you've had that dynamic, no doubt, across your your entire life as as someone who plays instruments, um, it's been quite exciting to hear my dad jump into a new hobby like this and to, to have that kind of language now. Yeah, that's uh, that's very nice. I, I've. It's weird because you're 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 kind of teaching your 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 dad in a in a way like you well you're able to teach your dad some stuff. Yeah, I'm not his tutor, but yes, I I can no. advise on that stuff. Yeah, and that is a dynamic that I am just dying for in my. <laughs> I want I just want to tell my I want my parents to 
to learn off me so right. badly. Yeah. But I don't think that's going to happen. I've been, my dad's like a very, he's a, you know, he's a jazz musician. He's a jazz guy. He, he prizes technicality over everything, you know, and I, you know, I got into like ambient music and I'm trying to like teach him, you know, you know, show him that like, you don't need to have, you know, a, you know, 15 chords in a yeah. particular phrase yeah. for it to be interesting. It can be soundscape. You know, it can be loose. It can be, it can be, it can be texture, yeah. yeah. Um, but that's not really working, I don't think. But maybe <laughs> one day. Well, maybe with our Christmas songs every year, we're just opening his mind a little bit more to the, the possibilities of what music can be. Yep, or closing it. Or, <laughs> or reaffirming his strong beliefs. Yeah. <laughs> I think. I mean, it, that's weird there. to be a, a hyper technical jazz musician, isn't it? Like, isn't sort of by the nature of jazz some degree of improvisational, like, fuck the rules, flippancy? Isn't that sort of part of the. Yeah, I get what you're saying. There's like a looseness to it. But I think within that looseness, there's still like, it seems like a, a jungle. You know, to some people, jazz yeah. can seem like a jungle of sound. Yeah. A sonic jungle, if you will. Yeah. Um, but I think within that, there's actually like a lot of parameters there. You know, there might be more notes in the scale than what you're used to, but there there are still parameters there and there's a lot of complexity within that loose improvisation yeah and it's improvisation around a form that everyone knows and understands right like you, you need to know the rules in order to know how to break them but 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 i've been thinking about tom york again this week loving the new smile album just absolutely rinsing that to death i need to stop it's like drugs it's like <laughs> it's like i'm addicted and to like meth. drugs you will not give them up i will not give them up until one of us dies um <laughs> But Tom York is the exception to what you just said. You need to know, you just said you need to know the rules in order to break them. But Tom York famously doesn't know the rules and he is breaking them because he doesn't know the rules. Like Pyramid Song, you know, I sent you that clip on Instagram today or yesterday, whatever, about some guy trying to transcribe Pyramid Song on piano. Yeah. Which, by the way, I just realized, sorry, this is really boring to all the non-music lovers, but Pyramid Song, I didn't realize that it's because it's like one, two, three, four beats or, or bar phrases. Do you know what I mean? Like uh, it's, Yeah, one, four, two, four two. bars of four, it's four. Built, it's built like a pyramid. What? You know how the, the phrasing of the song, it kind of extends. So you have like one beat and then you have two beats, two beats in the next bar and then three beats and then four beats. It's built like a pyramid. The beats themselves. Nick's just miming the song. Just uh... Uh, I don't think I understand what you're getting okay, at. Well... So they're dotted. Okay, fuck it. We go. Let's do it. Let's get. Let's getting fucking deep into music theory here. Pyramid song is dotted crotchets, right? Swung mm. dotted crotchets across. Um, 16 beats, right? Four bars of 4-4. Four, four. Yeah. So it's dun, 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 right? That yeah. That is a dotted crotchet, dotted crotchet, and then But let's even call them pulses. Is, okay. One, two, three. Da, 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 da. So I think it's I'm three, four, two, my... isn't it, yeah, in terms of feelings. beats? Yeah. All right, that's the last time I take music theory from Reddit. 
Well, look, uh, if you need some anyway. help, my dad can jump on and can explain <laughs> some of this to you. God. Um, my point was... Or, or your dad. Before <laughs> I... No. What would be My dad actually really defensive... likes Pyramid Song. Well, I can see that. What would be the most offensive thing for you if my dad came on and told you the answer or if your dad came on and told you the answer? What would you like least? I'd like least your dad, but I'd find more annoying my dad. <laughs> okay. So different flavors yeah. of disgust. Different flavor of disgust. Yeah. But my point was, Nick, that, you know, Tom, Tommy boy, our Tommy, um, he doesn't know the rules and he is he's creating music that doesn't fit within any of those parameters and that's part of what we love like some, some even with the smile like the time signatures there are sometimes yeah, they've gone particular but they've like, gone wild on them there's a lot of elements like, <laughs> but then they've got johnny and they've got you know even tom skinner he is he's a, just a phenomenal he's an incredible drummer, drummer. yeah yeah lauren, oh, lauren oh, we're watching the film clip to um, a friend of a friend directed by Paul Thomas Anderson, and uh, Lauren thought that Tom Skinner was super hot, which really annoyed oh. me, ruined the song for me. Yeah. <laughs> now he can't listen to that album anymore. Now it's, now it's dog shit to me. But, uh, <laughs> yeah. Anyway, I can't remember what the point was. Maybe we should move well, on from music anyway. nerdery. Well, it was just that my dad's got a new hobby, really, and that's exciting. Yeah. Good on you, Jeff. Um Oh, looking forward to hearing some of his compositions. I reckon he's got some, some Brian Eno's kind of vibes in him. They're both bald guys, (laughs) okay, you know, in their sixties. Yeah, well, seventy-one. Yep. Okay. Well, I I think of him as in his sixties, and I'm sure he'll appreciate that. Um, All right. Um, So we're speaking on the. I don't know if this is of interest to you, but I just found out this morning that uh, Alexei Navalny died. Oh, the um, the Russian uh, opposition. The opposition leader yeah. to Putin. I just yeah. think it's, uh, I don't know, I just, I recently watched the documentary on him. I was like nominated for an Oscar last year or whatever, or one. It's just like, I just, it's fucking, it's just fucking crazy. I know there's like heaps going on. And there's like part Palestine and, and apparently there's something happening in Israel as well. Um, and I just like for some reason, like there's certain things that like just jump out at me. And yeah, it just like it rattled me a little bit. But and I honestly, this I'm just going to hot take it, Nick. I think Putin had something to do with his death. <laughs> okay. Should I bleep who you think did it just for our own safety? Maybe maybe just modulate my voice. <laughs> Okay. When I say the fact that. that I've introduced your name at the start of the podcast <laughs> and in every podcast I prior, I don't think they're digging that deep. Okay, sure. But what if AI summarizes it? Like the, the podcast app now will be doing transcripts. Dude, I've tried to put Deep Thought into uh, ChatGPT, and ChatGPT has little to no idea what we are. <laughs> That's actually so, comforting. That is comforting. Is it? I um, wish. I wish we got. We were, I wish we got a mention. I wish they knew something. <laughs> sure. Even if it was just to say, not really of much interest to anyone. It is just you know, <laughs> nice to know people are talking about us. <laughs> exactly. It's just nice to be noticed, even if <laughs> even if it's for the wrong reasons. Yeah. Um, the the outcome with uh, what was his name? Navau- Navalny. Navalny. Yeah. Uh, is both entirely predictable, still shocking, and and sad. But the the 
the jarring thing, I think, is seeing the clips of him talking about what to do next because he knew yeah. it was coming. Like you couldn't be this person and knew it wasn't going to happen. Like knew, like knew it was going to happen. Exactly, but that, it also makes his his cause and his character so Noble. so. Um, yeah, it's like he knew it. Like he he. There's that footage of him. You know, he got he got. No, he got poisoned with Novichok, I think it's how you pronounce a nerve agent, which mm. the Russians famously kill off people with. And there's a, you know, he was just on a, he was just on a, um, a passenger airline, you know, mm. um, what do you call those? Commercial airline. And he's like, he's just ingested this Novichok and he's like crying out and it's pretty uncomfortable to watch. But then even then, like two days later, he's back and he's just like, we will keep fighting, you know, and he's, He's just he just kept going, and the the problem is with like killing off. I just think I mean I'm sure Putin's got his reasons, but yeah. are you giving notes? <laughs> I'm just trying to backtrack from before that <laughs> sure. the other person whatever the other person said, mm-hmm. um, that you kind of make these people a martyr if you kill them, don't you? It's like seems more dangerous to fucking kill them. In, it seems like it's basically in broad daylight. Yeah, I mean, it's he was like already, he's, like, imprisoned, right? Like, yeah, he's under your care, so you killed him. Yeah. And I think they're claiming that he had an aneurysm or he just oh, he yeah. tripped and fell. Yeah. He, the old trip and, tripped and fell. <laughs> yeah. Don't know what happened to him. He, just, he bumped his head and he yeah. didn't get up. Yeah. The- anyway, I don't have much to say on that. It's just kind of, I just think it's wild. The one, the other thought that I had off the back of that, which this is semi-hyperbolic, but at the same time, more worryingly real than I would hope, is the fact that Trump talking about uh, what he's going to do yeah. when he comes back into power and all this kind of thing, and how, I, I, I don't know if you're following any of his multitude of legal um, cases at the moment, one of them is about whether or not he has immunity for anything he did uh, during his pre- presidency now that he's out of office. And he's trying to make this argument that oh, the only way that you should um, punish people is by the Senate. Uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Not indicting, impeaching. The, by the Senate impeaching him and, and removing him from office. That's the only mechanism that that a crime committed by the president should be um, treated with, um, which is a bad argument and one that's been thrown out. But the judges in interrogating this line of questioning said, so if you wanted to order SEAL Team 6 to go and kill Biden, you believe that the only um, way that that crime could be punished was if the Senate then impeached you um and they're like yes yeah that's what we think so that's the role of the senate and it's clearly just nonsensical because obviously (laughs) that kind of behavior just ends up in dictatorship um and the uh the thought that the senate who just witnessed you order murder of a another politician would all come together to be like no actually we need to get rid of you when (laughs) they might be murdered as well like the whole thing falls apart, but it's it's crazy to even have this kind of conversation in the mix at all when we're talking about the powers of the Western presidents of of America. 
like yeah. when when you've got such a sharp contrast to that kind of happening in the Putin context and you know these other places that are not democracies to have any whiff of this in America is truly terrifying. <laughs> yeah, I mean he's saying things like you know uh, Putin should have every right to um to do whatever they want to people who don't pay their debts back yeah. to Russia and you know yeah just, attack just NATO cra- countries I mean, un- yeah not saying anything new, completely unhinged. Also just crazy that we're talking about this again. We, I mean, I just can't, I can't believe that, you know, we've got two two of the same guys running again, the oldest guys in history, so old, I'm told, yeah. um, to run. John Stewart was said, broken by, uh, shattering the record broken by them yeah. uh, previously. Yeah. Um, it's just insane. Biden is obviously losing his, his marbles and... I mean, it's just Trump's got to be the luckiest guy in history, man. Like he's he just he cannot he's bulletproof. Well, except bulletproof. for the five hundred million dollars he now needs to pay for the failed, you know, criminal charges that he's just lost the two trials this year. But but I mean, he's not stopped. It's not going to stop him. Well, I think it stopped. starts to be cumulative, though. Like some of these things start to become real impediments. Um, banks won't lend to him anymore. He needs $500 million. <laughs> the The likelihood that that money is coming from legitimate sources or from his own coffers is very low. <laughs> so I think you'll start to see some of these issues pile up. But it is crazy that it's happening. I agree. Yeah. Yes. Um, can we touch briefly on the, the John Stewart thing and the Biden thing? How, yeah. how did you find his r- return? Man, I told you that um, I – he what did he, what was the other show he did? The problem with John Stewart, which I think we yeah, both tried some, to watch and both yeah, immediately failed. Yeah, and for some reason he's just like back into it. I like that he he didn't really address it. He didn't really address him coming back. He didn't he didn't linger on it. Yeah, you know he. What did he say? He said, um, "I guess you're wondering you're wondering where where I've been or something." And then he just kind of made some flippant joke and then moved on and just got straight into it. Yeah, so. Uh, he was just, I was laughing out loud and I don't really laugh out loud at, you know, TV shows apart from Good Grief season two. <laughs> Thank you. Um, um, yeah, I was, I just thought it was fucking awesome. It was great. It was everything that I, I missed. I actually was slightly surprised. I, I had mixed feelings about it because from the one side of things, I was like, this is nice. This is comfortable. This is yeah. like, I watched Jon Stewart for a good 10 years like consistently like most episodes Same. plus colbert like i that was just like religious for a, a decent part john of oliver, that like all the off, well, john all oliver the branches of that tree yeah but john oliver came later like in that era when it was colbert and stewart back to back like that yeah. news team of samantha b and jason jones and rob riggle and all the people that they had come up through that place, like incredible comedians who all just went off and did yeah. other things. But um, a real institution all the way through the, um, uh, like the uni years for me, like real formative stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Same. And so from one perspective, when I watched that, I was like, yeah, this feels good. This feels, this feels nice. This is good. But on the other side of it, I was surprised at the resistance I had to some of his arguments about i just i i i found the the tenor of the like both sides this kind of thing to rub again like it rubbed me the wrong way a little bit because Say more. Y- 
the the Biden thing, I think, on the one hand, is totally legitimate. An eighty-one-year-old is incredibly old to be doing the hardest job in the in the country. But at the same time, it's such a false dichotomy to spend so much time focusing on Biden when he's done the job for the past four years. You can look at his record. You can look at actual yeah. things that he's enacted, that he's passed, the state of the economy, the state of the, you know, Im- improvements in healthcare or, you know, immigration or whatever you want to, because he's done the job. You can actually look at his record and his actual yeah. competence. And to to make a big deal about one Trump hires special counsel report about an interview in which he forgot something seems so minor when you put it up against the shit that dribbles out of Trump's mouth every single day and to make it a deal about Biden's competence when you're staring at someone who's confusing the names of, you know, who was there on January 6th, like Nikki Haley instead of, Nancy Pelosi and and the slurring and weird use of words and and like just general brain vomit that comes out of Trump at all times. It just it felt yeah it felt um yeah it, it just it it felt unjustified yeah disingenuous or mm-hmm. unjustified or or just that sort of really irritating centrist thing where it's like well they've both got problems it's like but yes they've both done the job before they've both done it before it's not in a vacuum trump had the job everything went to shit he literally is under indictment for so many crimes at the moment biden has also done the job is he the most inspiring person no but we can actually look at them (laughs) as people who have both done things and compare their records and what the likely outcomes outcomes going to be going forward mm. instead of this like weird thing where it's like oh but imagine you know what could go wrong if they continue to get dementia well we can just fucking look at what they've done <laughs> i don't know i just yeah. found it i found it very off-putting in a weird way i i agree firstly that there is there is a false dichotomy there um and Anytime you're comparing Biden with Trump, Trump is winning out of even just out of the comparison. Yeah. Because you're putting them on you're some normalizing sort of it. Yeah. Le- level ground, which there just isn't. Yeah. Um, I didn't share your annoyance with that, but I think part of it is maybe that, like, it's a, a it's a comedy program and it's like maybe, and this again, maybe part of Trump's, you know, um, accidental genius is that it's kind of like hack or like tired to make fun of Trump. So he kind of wins because it's like, oh, we're making fun of Trump again. There could be something in there. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. Like, I, I agree. I agree that the comparison there is is not fair to Biden, and Biden does have a strong track record. But I do think there are also. There, there, there should be valid questions, irrespective of Trump running for office, irrespective of that comparison. There should be valid questions over: Do, do, does America really need or want a president that's eighty-one years old and yeah. who is clearly faltering mentally? I think that's a valid, valid thing. But I, I do see your point. So the thing that I wondered in retrospect about the John Stewart stuff was. 
whether the evolution of that medium in the years since he's gone has affected that take on it. Because, at, like, I I really like Last Week Tonight, and obvi- obviously John Oliver's take on that style is like a deep dive onto one issue, which is weirdly sort of what John Stewart then went and tried to do later, but not successfully, or not with comedy. Um, and similarly the like the sam b approach to the daily show and the even the trevor noah approach to the daily daily show they were kind of different afterwards um and and the same with something like the late night shows where like seth myers now regularly delves into political long political analysis stuff which was not actually the territory of like the conan of old or the you know, the Letterman of old, they didn't really do that kind of thing. Whereas nowadays, those hosts, it's sort of part of their repertoire. But all, um, all of those are explicitly left-leaning. Yeah, I mean, we're only talking left-leaning because there aren't any right-wing <laughs> TV hosts, right? Yeah. Um, or at least comedians. But the um, the point being that they, I think, have a firmer position and I think the Stuart um, dynamic of of sort of snarky remove, like uh, I'm above this a little bit. They're bad. They're bad. This is dumb. This is dumb. That kind of like you're point, saying Stuart's that that Stuart's sort of vibe is is a little bit of like above it all, and, and it's part of the idea of of him being like I'm just a comedy show. Like I don't have to. You know, don't don't take me too seriously. I think mm. part of that sort of both sides of snark is what it used to be, but nowadays I think the taste, or at least my taste for the kind of political comedy that you see on a Seth Meyers or on a John Oliver is very much more opinionated, where they've they've chosen a side and explained why they believe that rather than sort of sitting in the middle and just like lobbing pot shots at everything if you know what i mean and i think i felt a little bit like that had dated somewhat i wasn't as interested in in just a snark rather than a opinion if that makes sense yeah that's interesting are you but are you just saying that you want you want to watch things that you agree with already or or do you think that the other side, because you think, and I'm not, I'm not saying this as a, as a, a criticism of your uh, uh, argument here at all, um, but because the because the other side is kind of invalid, in a in a kind of a philosophical way or an ethical way even, that you don't you don't think that that lobbing shots at both sides from a height evenly is even remotely fair. I think it's both of those things. I think that for one, the trying to sell the right as having like a rational platform these days does a disservice to to general democracy because it's really not based on a platform of like progress, right? It's, it's, it's like a, it's literally like a, um, a personality platform now where they are behind trump because trump is trump not because trump has an economic plan that you know they prefer over the the liberal budgets right like it's that side of things so you can't really 
compare the two in a way that does either of them a service. But also just the lobbing of of shots at um at like left policies when the right policies are so blatantly worse and they come in and they're going to like immediately use the justice department to imprison their enemies and meanwhile yeah. the left is like you know we'd like to maybe spend a little bit more on the healthcare industry or whatever you know like there's not even hyperbolic to say those are drastically different worlds that you'd live in and to to treat that as deserving of equal ridicule seems seems just far-fetched to me and and to be fair in retrospect if i was john stewart and i look back at my 2015 coverage of trump and he's not alone in this because no one really for most of that year thought that trump was really going to be the guy that there was any chance that this guy could come in so everyone sort of needed to do a little bit of retrospective um examination of that how that happened but they were so glib about him in that era and if i was him i would not have the lesson i would have taken is maybe to not not um underestimate the power of a a personality and a you know a, a xenophobic base or something like that and yeah i don't know it just felt a little bit like they were sort of making that mistake again well, I mean, you got to. The other thing is that, like, the Democrats are in power. So you do kind of need to be. You need to give. You need to serve them something. You know? Yeah. And I mean, yeah. I, to, to answer, to refer to your question as well, I'm not against hearing opinions that I disagree with. Like, if, if John Stewart thinks, for instance, that some form of. I don't know, like that Israel needs our support or something like that. Yeah, fucking tell me your thoughts. You know, make that argument. Do your jokes. Mm. Take that stance. Explain the opinion, and I'll agree or not agree with it. You know, do what but you want. But attacking Biden's personality or his um. Well, I just, mental... I just, I think he had that sort of sit on the fence. Like both, both folks need to come to the table. Both people need to like work together to get to this sort of thing. I, I just feel mm. like it's a little out of touch with what that american democracy is at the moment right like that's just not <laughs> that's not how they operate you can't bring people to the table here when their entire policy is just actively prevent anything the left wants to do or you know try and get in a guy who wants to trash all of the systems of and structures of yeah. that government um yeah but if I like so i like i just yeah, take it aside you know make it have an opinion Make your case, tell your jokes. I just don't want him to sort of float above it all, like it's like it's all a joke and like it's all the same. Because I don't think that's true anymore, and I don't think that works for me anymore. That's that's. Just I think me. that yeah, I think there are clues that John Stewart is kind of uh, drifting into centrism. Uh, you know, he went on Colbert and you know kind of parroted um the Wuhan lab theory for covid and yeah um and i think there there's like little clues that maybe he's he is more centrist than maybe the daily show has drifted into themselves you know with Trevor Noah and stuff over the years mm. um but he got what he got the he got a huge amount of views for his first for his first show, like he got what 19 and a half million views oh is that right on that he on the huge, youtube 
huge. Wow. Well, not I, on the YouTube. I, I just I like saw from an the article air. about it. Right. Yeah. Well, yeah, I think so I think maybe a there's lot a space people, for it. Yeah, but I think a lot of people will check it out because of exactly what I described, right? Like a yeah, an affection for ten years ago. Yeah, yeah, and and, and yeah, the views don't say anything for for truth. It just says what the appetite is, and if there is some sort of, you know, I think the lines are getting blurrier these days, or at least you know, I think there's a there's an exhaustion to are you left or are you right. And I think there's this huge gap in the middle that is filled by Joe Rogan and, you know, um, Sam Harris and things like that, that I think it's it's kind of taking those people who feel disenfranchised or disillusioned with the binary system that's in place. And I think that's a huge market. And I think Jon Stewart probably, he he's, he's seen as a, a you know, one of the leaders of of the left, but it's he's also he's st- also still not rejected by people in the right. I think, you know, pe- pe- people on the right don't hate John Stewart will- in the same way they hate Colbert. Really, you think more people on the right hate Colbert than hate Stewart? That's just a hunch. <laughs> I don't know. But, I don't know because, like. Stuart, uh, Colbert's now the lead of CBS, which is a very sort of old person channel, and uh, and uh, I would describe as like a slightly conservative as a TV channel. Like that, that's yeah. where your NCIS is, and your you know those kind of like old yeah, yeah, yeah. old person procedurals. The, live, the right? audience is conservative. Yeah, yeah. So I would have thought there's a little bit of like he Colbert, while being left leaning for very clearly, does it a good enough job as a talk show host and being a very centrist sort of watchable person. Um, yeah. Whereas I think Jon Stewart, having now actively participated in various like post-TV show causes and that kind of thing, would have attempted to um, interact with politicians to get certain causes he cared about resolved. But he had yeah. 15 years before that in which he actively mocked just about every Republican nightly on the news, right? I don't know how many yeah. friends he had from that. Yeah, I don't know. I'm anyway. just kind of talking out my ass, obviously. But hmm. will you watch again? Or I'll check it out of... again. I, I also feel just kind of bad for the other correspondents. Like, spend a year, yeah, like I was everyone that. else, you know, kind of hoping that it was going to be them. You had a couple well, they still of... still got four nights. Yeah. But, like, but it's overshadowed It's completely now. overshadowed. They haven't announced, yeah. like, so if I'm Jordan Klepper or if I'm Desi Lydic or whatever, um, Roy Wood Jr. obviously was hoping for it and then disappeared because he was fucked around by all the, like, year without a serious host. Um, huh. If I was them and then, you know, they come in and now it's four nights a week is us, but no one's going to watch that. Everyone's just going to tune in once a week like they would for you know, last week tonight or something, because John's on. I don't know. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I'm surprised Jordan Clip is still there. It's like Saturday Night Live. Saturday Night Live <clears throat> the, the the actors on that show, that they seem to churn them over, you know, every five years or so. There's a new batch of actors doing well, SNL. There's new, but... there's new hires every year, every single year. But, yeah, most of them sort of tend to last five, three to five years, I think. Yeah, no, we'll see. I love, I loved it. 
I'll be curious to see what they talk about next week. Yeah. What else, Nick? Um, Well, we're sort of just on bits and pieces at this stage. I'm not sure I'd launch into a topic yet. You know, when you ask me, do I have any topics? Yeah. Do you ever <laughs> expect me to say yes? I would like one what, time what for you that? to be like, let's let's talk cement production. You know, let's talk uh, the history of Gibbons. You know, like I, one time I'd just like for you to be, to surprise well, me think... with something where it's like, I've done my research and here, I'll leave this, I'll leave this episode. Sit back and come along well, for this ride with me. I can do that. I've got heaps. I got fucking stacks, dude. But I don't. I feel like it's going to be met with mockery because the things I want to talk about are things like ghosts. Okay, and you want to talk about cement and roads, which I agree was a great episode last week. And thank you for everyone who wrote in because we did get comments saying it was a really fascinating discussion about roads. You know, weirdly, and I was my... like, "You're damn right, it was." Yeah, <laughs> and you're like, "And that's all thanks to me." It's all thanks to us, dude. My, we can um, talk about anything. Weirdly enough, my sister listened to last week's episode for I'm pretty oh. sure the first time ever, and it just yep. so happened to be that was the episode that we talked about my fish wears the juice in all that cup. Oh, so wow. she heard the one That's where nice. I was talking about the gift that she gave me, and That's how just we a get weird them. coincidence. We sprinkle in shout outs in the yeah. hope that in if you listen, hope. you get a shout out. You think, do I always get a shout out? And yeah, then you go back through. Yeah, we do shout out. Ben Williams talk about you every week. We'll just see whether he's blast from the past. We'll yeah. See if he's listening. Okay. Um, this might be something. I might be not. But like, have you noticed that with like young millennial women now in their like early to mid thirties, that there's like a there's like a real a lot of them are getting into like astrology or they take it really seriously or like psychics i have so many young female friends that like are going to see a psychic or going to get their tarot cards read yeah um i have seen that, it and i don't get it what is but what is like i i'm i think there's got to be an explanation and this is not to like genderize but it's just like an an observation that i've noticed like i got i was at drinks the other night and one of my friends one of my female friends had brought down brought out tarot cards right yeah and I actually physically I, brought tarot cards. Yeah. And she was like, Oh, should I get my, oh, does anyone want their like tarot red or whatever? And I was kind of like, not in an aggressive way, not in like 2008 me way, yeah. Yeah. but like I was kind of making fun of it a little bit, but like in a way that I didn't think that she was being serious. I thought it's like, Oh, let's, let's, what have we read our tarot cards? You know, like, yeah, that'll be, that'll be fun. But like all, all the girls there, they were like, yeah, can you read mine? And then they were like taking it seriously and then getting into conversation about it. I've just noticed that like a lot of young women are just like really into astrology. And I'm sure that obviously astrology has been around for ages, but like I'm just really noticing that it's like, yeah, it's like a, you can't really make fun of it. Like it, this is silliness. It's weirdly, it's not just women either because... I remember in the Tinder days when I was dating was four mm. over yeah five to four four or five years ago now that the number of there was two things and it was you would see it regularly with enough regularity that I was irritated it's the INFJ you know the Myers Briggs personality type stuff 
so you would dude. see that in the day pro- oh i'm an enfj and you're like oh okay sure yeah but secondly like virgo looking for taurus you know like looking for my pisces yeah. like and it would come up enough that it's like wow you really do genuinely yeah think that this is somehow Don't informing you? your life your personality yeah yeah, I'm, 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 I'm baffled by it. Like, I, think, I would I never it, be I with a it. Leo. It's like, what, what is this? I get it to a certain degree. It creates order out of chaos, out of a chaotic world. It gives you, it can put people in box boxes and compartmentalize. And what just happened, Nick? I spilled water on myself, Michael. Oh no! It's all oh, you my poor shirt. thing. Oh, it's all it's just wet sheet, wet t-shirt concert. <laughs> Concert. Yeah, I play music. <laughs> I get That's out my my violin and just do a little bit of a you know a trill while people squirt water bottles at me. I like that idea just to like as a, as a way to make money. You know, there's like yeah. B B grade comedy movies. It's yeah. like wet t shirt concert. It's like what? <laughs> yeah, I mean it it it's got Will Ferrell energy, and I'm here for it. Can't you wash a car like a normal person? Yeah. No, I'm playing Adagio I'm playing. in B major. <laughs> <laughs> Let me put my singlet on. <laughs> anyway, I don't. I don't know. just. I just. I, I. What I was saying is that I. I get. Order from I chaos. get the appeal. I get yeah. the appeal of it to some degree, but it's the same kind of appeal to me as conspiracy theories. Like it's just creating order out of out of chaos, and it it kind of reassures you. It's like. I don't know. Uh, there is also like this weird thing, and I might have brought this up before. That I know that there's, I know, I know that the, the sweeping statements that horoscopes offer in terms of, okay, you're a Taurus, and this month look out for, you know, what you're spending, or you know, you're going to find love. I know that they they're broad on purpose, but there are things that like do make me kind of co- like. I, I can sometimes doubt whether my cynicism is appropriate <laughs> to the level that I have a pro, uh, cynicism because some of them just seem, you know, Gemini's. I'm a Gemini, famously not a great star sign, a little two-faced, really? a little flighty, a little oh. like a scattered, creative. Okay. I'm just giving myself- Why do you know I'm, so many lean. things about this? <laughs> because I- because I am kind of fascinated by it. Sure. And this is kind of why I bring it up. It's like I have this thing in me. I have I have this curiosity towards fucking conspiracy theories and I'm drawn to it. But I also have the other part. I also have the cynic, which is also a trait of Gemini's. Okay. It's great. This is I've been told this many times. It's like you're such oh, a you're Gemini. Not. I have been told that because I doubt I, you know, I, I express some skepticism over because you shit all over their tarot. They go, oh, that's because you're a Gemini. I'm like, wow, this is a this is a quite a circle that I've yeah fallen into. I don't know. I just think it's a bit. I think normalize making fun of horoscopes. Yeah, I think the I, I I think I've told this on the podcast previously, but I had a former colleague that I worked with who did like an internship at a newspaper back in the day. And she said that one of her first jobs when she was just getting started was to go to the bin, the horoscopes bin, and pull out 12 like little pieces of paper, little slips of 
predictions and they would just randomly assign them to a horoscope each day. <laughs> they yeah. would just draw them out of this big bin and write them up into the paper completely randomly with absolute, <laughs> absolute just that. like, oh, we haven't used this one in a while, <laughs> which I, I fucking loved. Um, but I think it is notable. I think it is actually worrying in a way and in retrospect we'll look back at this era and view it through the lens of the time when truth and reality became malleable Mm. and i think that horoscopes and tarot and that kind of stuff which are these very old sort of almost paganistic you know ritualistic thing from previous centuries that sort of went out of fashion for a while have now come back around in a world where subjectivity is more important than objectivity and i think that'll be sort of a defining feature of historical you know explorations of this time is where your truth and my truth are, are different and that's all right and you know i can get meaning yeah. from from horoscopes and you can get meaning from tarot and and it doesn't matter whether you're a gemini or the fact that all of the <laughs> positions of the mm. astrological signs are all zodiac. out of whack anyway like the zodiac stuff is wrong just mm. astronomically speaking doesn't matter because yeah. you can just get the meaning from what you want and you can get the truth from what you want and you can live that life rather than deal with whatever actual reality is i think that's a really interesting point and i think we're also seeing it like with social media with ai now we're obviously questioning if images are real and yeah you know now videos sora Sora. is it sora yeah the sora stuff you know apart from the chair morphing into (laughs) some sort of other mistakes (laughs) yeah (laughs) did you see the one of like spilling a glass of cherry juice or something no, send that the AI me. knows that. that liquids spill out of glasses, but not how. So it's there's a cup, oh. and then the cup tilts, and then all of a sudden there's like liquid all on the ground around it, and it spreads out. But it's not like falling out from the inside because it doesn't understand the physics of how things change. It just understands like the visual shapes of what happened. So yeah, that's, that's adorable. It's like a baby's dream or something. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's a baby that hasn't quite learned the word. You know, I had this thought, Nick, not to jump around. Um, but I had this thought that like, you know how, if you type in an image into AI and try and create an, uh, an image through text that the AI, you know, it would just be like, something would be slightly off. Like you'll be like Gwyneth Paltrow, uh, pushing a trolley at Kmart and Gwyneth Paltrow will, you still recognize that it's just Gwyneth Paltrow, but her eyes will be, there'll be something off. Yeah. But that's exactly, that's like how we dream. It is. Like, it is very dreams dream are like that. Yeah. It's like, and this, this you know, this maybe speaks to the truth of uh, simulation theory. Maybe this is why we are in a simulation. It's part of it. You know, this is our, I don't know, this is kind of a stretch. But anyway, back to loop. No, forget that. Forget that. And I got forget so distracted, my brain started thinking, and I, I, <laughs> I forgot to talk for a second. Don't think. Don't think. Um. Oh, God. Now I've fucking forgotten the actual We're one. talking about truth and social media and AI and reality and how everything's subjective oh, yeah. now i think we are seeing like even with the alien stuff right now again another another area of you know intense interest for me 
Um, but I think there is this like feeling or this sense with people because of the 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 amount that you have to question reality these days. Yeah. I think there is this it seems to be this rise in in conspiracy and you know what what else what what is real or even just like foregoing logic in that in that sense and just going what what can what can what is what is this all about? I yeah. think that there maybe there's some overlap. Obviously we're just talking out of our in armchair theories but I, th- I mean i'd love to see a i'd love to see a graph on on those two things you ready for this watch watch me bring this full circle i oh, think boy. that you're totally right the idea of like oh shit by the way yeah well there's a shit ton of like uap stuff and like aliens are real now and and like for real like the government has known about this stuff and looked about it like that's wild and as you say it used to be the subjects of conspiracies so how are we now meant to like believe that anything is real or not real when the things that were formerly tin hat nonsense are now well actually we do have a little bit that we could show you about that um you know so that that destabilizes things but here i'll bring it full circle for you i think the other aspect of this all is the media it's the media failing to do its job to communicate truth to actually pick up the the torch and say this is the reality this is you know uh, the objective answer as to what happened and instead because of you look at things like the 24-hour news cycle filling that time with opinion and with personalities rather than with reporting yes cutting actual newsrooms down and all of a sudden the blurry line as to what's news what's opinion what's a journalist what's a comedian what's an op-ed column what's the main page all of this stuff just gets mixed up into a big stew google then comes along and does its ai summary of it and and passes on the headlines they get shared through a facebook post and then retweeted and commented and all of a sudden the baseline like reality like that steady foundation upon which we could all reflect and react to that that grounding of what truth was or what news was has now been so fragmented and reshaped and and retweeted and all that kind of stuff that we've lost a commonality of truth from which to react to because now it doesn't matter what the objective thing is because there's no journalist there to tell you. Exactly. I think, again, great point. Like, is there a way though to, because it's, I agree with everything you said, but it just seems like we are at the very start of this, um, uh, extra what's the word we exponential curve yeah that is going to really explode in the next few years yeah and is there a way to put the genie back in the bottle or is there is there a is this just like what life is going to be like you know forever if yeah. not worse yeah who knows that's why so many people are advocating for like regulation and for caution when it comes to the rollout of these like ai tools and things because it's very hard to undo and you know now you're seeing what like ai generated video can look like which is shocking shockingly lifelike 
Yeah. Still uncanny valley and still full of weird dream logic glitches and bugs and things in a way that's mm. somewhat identifiable now. But there's enough yeah. real and enough context that you could very easily, you know, get a video of Biden ordering the, you know, assassination of Trump and put it out there in a way that's like the voice of Biden will be emulated, the vision will be emulated, and then how the fuck do you know? Like, where does the world go when that's the achievable outcome with for anyone with a laptop? Yeah. I, I saw a clip the other day of um, Grand Theft Auto fucking 9 or whatever it is. Six. And I was like, I haven't played it since the second one or the third one. And I was like, holy shit. Like, I'm so detached from the gaming world. You're obviously not. Yeah. But I'm like, holy shit, man. Like, these these games are getting so fucking realistic. Yeah. I'll I'll actually send you through some clips because there is genuinely some, like, one-for-one lifelike video games out there now. Like, photorealism has been achieved. That's in the rear mirror now. Um, But there's also really interesting explosions of originality off the back of that yeah the create the create the create creative side of all this new technology including ai obviously we, fo- we focus a lot on like the dangers of ai but there's uh, there's also going to be this offshoot of creativity that people are going to use it for you know people will always find creative ways to use tools and i uh, you know it, that it would be it is exciting to think about the creative ways that people that like real artists will will in- incorporate those tools into their uh, art. I mean, I-, I wasn't specifically talking AI for the video game side of things, but I am curious. Do you think actual artists will use AI? Yeah. Of course they will. It's it's a, t- it's a tool. It's like, you know, it's like a hammer or a, or a, a new type of paintbrush or something. Mm. It's sort of like a synthesizer. It's like... I think there'll be... There's like resistance to it initially and then people will just start using it. It'll just become normal. Mm. And they'll have to, and it will be good. It will be interesting. But don't you think that there's a little bit more, like when they bring out a new hammer, the carpenter's not like, oh, I'm going to be out of a job soon if I let this hammer <laughs> into the workforce. Mm. You know, there's a there's a little bit of a resistance there from artists for against the AI side of things because it's been often built off their work without their permission or payment and then can yeah. be used to replace them, which is not true of like a nail gun. <laughs> Well, there's good art and bad art. True. You know, I think there'll be like de- dehumanizing art uh, in like the truest sense where it's like, well, maybe maybe dehumanizing is not the right word, but like anti-human art. Yeah. And then there'll be human art use- using AI. Yeah. Yeah, fair. Mm. I know it's going to be, it's a crazy world out there, Nick. Crazy, Good. crazy world. Good summary. You can say that at the end of like any that? of our subject, any of our episodes. <laughs> it's a crazy world. Oh yeah, Super and that's why crazy. from this point onwards, all our podcasts will be done by AI models. Just train them on our past episodes and let them loose. Yeah, probably be more interesting. Be more consistent. <laughs> If you've enjoyed this, well, make the most of it. Get on a bit of a run, you know, start going through that past library. Plenty of those episodes there. This is episode 222, which I find pleasing as a number. 
But why don't you go back and listen to 111 or, you know, 99 or any of these other sort of fun number combinations. You can get in touch with us too if that's more your thing. You can send an email to deepford at gmail.com. You can reach us on Facebook, on Instagram, on Spotify. You can listen to our tracks. You can listen to our pods. You can rate us five stars. All of this is important. All of it matters. And uh, you'd be a better person for doing it. So please don't hesitate. Mm-hmm. Now, Michael, you have a hard yeah. out. You, know, you said this very clearly up front, hard out, four o'clock in your 15 end. Mins. 15 minutes. 15 minutes. So tell me. So. What? 15 minutes or so. Also. Well, it can't be also because it's it's a hard out, Michael. We all understand what a hard out is. So Well, I, it's, a, it's, it's four o'clock-ish. <laughs> no. I have to leave. It's four o'clock on the fucking dot is what hard out means. Well, Lawrence That's why it's hard. Yet, Otherwise, so. you just have an out. Okay, 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 Nick. I have an out. I apologize. Hard, I was a little bit hard-ish. angry. I was a little bit unnecessary. So maybe I let some of my pre-existing feelings trickle into the podcast. <laughs> um, so dramatic. I'd hate to bring things down at the end. But uh, is well, there anything you Let me like? bring things down. <laughs> okay. Let me bring things down. We've what about weird you... news? Oh, okay. I was going to set it, you up in a, such I'm... a nice way. <laughs> okay, do it. <laughs> no, do it's it. fine. Just play the fucking jingle. In the news today from the Strange and Weird Crackpot. Well, for decades, only crackpots and crazy people believed in UFOs. Deputies still say anyway. the suspect told them he's been performing sex acts on animals since the 1970s. I told about my closest encounter with the Yeti. A sticky situation at an airport in Tennessee after baggage spray. Turns out. This is Deep Fort Weird News. We got a hard out, Michael. We can't fuck around with second takes. We got a hard out. (laughs) All right. This weird news was sent in to us by the the man known as Casper. Hey, Casper. From a reputable, the trusted source known as Sky News. Oh. Headline. (laughs) Headline, pigeon suspected of being Chinese spy released by police in India after being detained for eight months. Okay. There's a lot. There's a lot. There's a lot to to work through there. Okay. This is, this is current as well. This This is is current. This just happened. Earlier. Are we breaking this now? Breaking news, baby. Uh, (laughs) Detectives suspected the bird was involved in espionage after it was captured near a port in Mumbai. It was found with two rings tied to its legs, featuring words that appeared to be Chinese. The bird was detained by officers after it was captured in May last year near a port in Mumbai. uh, News agency Press Trust of India Have they been interrogating this bird for eight months? Just, you should see the picture, Nick. It's brutal. (laughs) Haggis. Haggard. <laughs> it's blindfolded. Detectives suspected the pigeon was involved in espionage and took it in before later sending it to Mumbai's Bai Sakabai Hospital for Animals. However, after eight months in, in captivity, it emerged that the creature was an open watcher racing bird from Taiwan, which had escaped and flown to India. Police oh. then approved the bird's transfer to the Bombay Society for the Prevention of Cruelty to Animals, a bit late, <laughs> uh, where doctors set free the falsely accused bird on Tuesday. <laughs> pigeons have been pigeons have been used in spying and combat throughout history, including by UK forces in the First World War and Second World War to deliver messages. A pigeon called Gustav 
brought the first news of D-Day back to the UK after a correspondent wrote a report and attached it to the bird while landing on Sword, Sword Beach in Normandy on June 6, 1944. India has also previously detained the birds over security has has previously detained birds over security fears in 2020 suspicious police in indian controlled kashmir captured a pigeon that belonged to a pakistani fisherman and an investigation found that the bird was not a spy and simply flown across the border between the countries in 2016 another pigeon was detained after it was illegally How often found is this with a happening? note in 2016 another pigeon was detained after it was allegedly found with a note that threatened indian prime minister Modi. Wow. End of article. But yeah, epidemic of of suspicious spy pigeons. pigeons. Actually, yeah. you know, when you think about the number of pigeons out there in the world, maybe it's wrong to tar them all with this brush because I think three out of roughly like fifteen billion is probably not not that high higher risk. But um, if but I, I think was it's healthy to 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 have a just like a healthy distrust of pigeons. If I you see something, say something. <laughs> Yeah. I mean, yeah. if I was the Bombay Police Department interrogating this pigeon, I'm guessing, you know, questionable torture methods, you know, truth serum, this kind of thing. If I was there. What do you know? <laughs> I imagine that they've got like a big pigeon that's like part of the Bombay Police Force. Yeah. And it's like. Yeah, with a little badge. Now kind of acts like a. <laughs> he acts like a human. Yeah. And so it's like, he's like the translator. Yeah. And he, yeah. he kind of, he plays good pigeon cop <laughs> to the pigeon. <laughs> he's like, <laughs> your pigeon was way better than mine. Yeah. Thank you. The, um, uh, it's weird you say that because I'm reading a book about, um, rabbit pigeons, anthropomorphic yeah. rabbits. Um, of course you are. It, it was a, it was a gift. It was a, um, a, an award winning fiction book. Sounds like. Um, but it is about exactly that, about a, <laughs> there's a rabbit who's like crossed over to the human side and is like really anti-rabbit and it doesn't like oh. really, uh, uh, aggressive interrogations and this kind of thing. So it was just a weird sort of parallel. Um, so it does happen. Anyway, my original point <laughs> was that if I was them and I had effectively a racing pigeon, I would have like Googled what that symbol was on the, <laughs> on the leg rings, yeah. maybe day one, day two. And sort of looked yeah. into it where it said, like, the number or something like that. Like, done a little bit of a, a quick goog, got someone Been, in. Could have could have done a goog. But you know the cops these days, Nick, they've got to get their quotas they up. They've got to get the quotas. So, <laughs> they've got to use they've got the resources. They've got to get X amount of pigeons per year arrested <laughs> yeah. in I, order to take it to the chief of police. Can I tell you a bird story? Oh, I thought you'd never, thought you'd never ask. So uh, Countdown, which is Woolworths, New Zealand, Countdown at the moment is having a bit of a national controversy around pests. There's a supermarket in Dunedin that has been shut down for a week and a half because there was 40 rats <laughs> that they've caught in oh, and around the premises. So they've shut it down and, and arrested all these rats and things because they have an ongoing pest problem. There was a photo that went viral um, last week, I think, of a Countdown where someone had taken a photo of a mouse sitting on the salad bowl, just eating food. Not great. These are all different locations. And then the bird one, there was a bird incident in an Auckland countdown where there were mm. pigeons getting in. And it turns out that they were, they had worked out how to get to the, the loose nut dispensers. 
and they'd been yeah. able to get into the nuts and help themselves to effectively a bird food dispenser. And they've been flying in and, and just having a bit of a party and getting all the seeds and the nuts. I I think good for the birds. Good for the birds. It's a nice underbird story. <laughs> you know, they, nuts are expensive, by the way. They are so, so expensive. Who, Great protein cost source. Of, cost of living. Healthy cost fats. Cost of living. Who can blame these these birds yeah. and trying to steal a bit bunch of walnuts? Yeah. Who can blame them? We're all kind of thinking about it. You know what they say, like, if you see someone stealing food at the supermarket, you didn't. Don't be a snitch. Don't tell on these birds. Clearly, they're having a tough time of it out there, as we all are. Just fucking look the other way, man. Eat your pecans. Get on with life. Or maybe just go for, like, the snakes, you know. Leave the nuts. Go to the lolly bins. Everyone wins. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, there's six minutes left. Oh, you want to fill? You want to go right up to the? You want to? You want to walk out the door? I was. I was probably just gonna. Cut, you... I was gonna cut it earlier. All right. Okay. Where? Sort of in the bird. In the bird zone. <laughs> Halfway through my story. <laughs> I just fade you out. Yeah. You've done it before. I have faded you out before. I liked it. I think more podcasts should fade out. 